0: Welcome to the Ship Gold Friday Gold Wrap, your overview of this week's Precious Metals News. It's Friday, August 21st. I'm your host, Mike Maharry. Thanks for tuning in. So after last week's big sell-off and correction in gold and silver, this week the markets were buffeted with ups and downs. Yes, I'm being punny there, and if you don't get it, you will hear in just a second. But overall, the word of the week was probably volatile. Gold has pitched up and down all week, pushing back above $2,000 an ounce on Tuesday, and then correcting again. Now we're back around 1914 an ounce as I'm recording the podcast, and we're actually seem to be on a downtrend this morning. I saw a headline that people are apparently excited about a coronavirus. Vaccine, and that's putting some selling pressure on gold. I think that's dumb, but you know, it is what it is. We also saw some volatility in the dollar index this week, uh, quite a bit of weakness early in the week. The dollar index closed at 92.29 and came close to dipping below 92 during the day on Tuesday. This is the weakest the dollar has been since May 2008. In a tweet, Peter said the dollar was in the midst of a, quote, slow bleed. Now, over the last day or two, the greenback has rallied a bit, and that is a big part of the reason gold has fallen back well below $2,000 again. But at some point, this drift downward in the dollar is going to hit a critical point, and I think... When that happens, we're really going to start to see the crash. In March 2008, the dollar index was down right around 70, so that could be a key level. If you start to see a sub-70 handle on the dollar, look out below. Anyway, back to the corrections in the gold and silver markets. All the things I talked about last week when I was discussing the big corrections still stand. Don't panic. It's gonna happen again. Nothing goes up every day. You have to keep your focus on the fundamentals, and the fundamentals for gold and silver, I think, right now are still good. The economy is still erect, and the Fed is still going to keep printing money. It's going to keep interest rates low. We're still uh, in the midst of this huge e- inflationary expansion. This is bullish for gold, but I do think there's a lot of nervous money in gold right now, and. It's going to pull out at any sign of a dip. Peter talked about this in his podcast last week. These big corrections during a bull market tend to flush out weaker players. Then you typically see some consolidation and the upward trend continues again. And when I say that these big corrections are normal, I'm not just speculating. You can actually look at historical data and see that this is true. I wrote an article about it this week and I'll link to it in the show notes page. I outlined the big corrections during the gold bull runs in 1979 and in 2009, actually gold and silver. I'll just give you a uh, a few quick data points. Between 2009 and 2011, gold gained But during that time, it corrected more than 3%, 17 times. Now, 11 of those corrections were actually greater than 5%. That averages to roughly one big pullback every two months. The biggest drop was 10.6% in December 2009. So this 5% drop that we saw last week, not unusual in a gold bull run. And there was also a similar pattern in silver. Check out that article when you get a chance. The data is pretty interesting. The bottom line is a big drop is not a reason to panic if you are investing for the long term and there haven't been any significant changes in the fundamentals. Now, if the Fed starts raising interest rates or shrinking its balance sheet, then we'll reevaluate. But of course, if the Fed starts doing any of that with all of the debt that is in the economy right now, that's going to open up a whole nother can of worms. Anyway, let's look at why Gold briefly uncorrected to back above $2,000 an ounce earlier this week, Warren Buffett suddenly became interested in gold. I kid you not, the same Warren Buffett who once quipped, quote, gold doesn't do anything but sit there and look at you. The latest 13F filing by Berkshire Hathaway came out after markets closed last week and revealed that Buffett's company now has positions in Barrett Gold to the tune of over $500 million. And of course, that was as of the end of June. So that's the Q2 filing. Buffett bought gold. Now you might say to me, Mike, he didn't really buy gold. He bought shares of a gold mining company. Okay, fair enough. But in essence, he bought gold. He's showing faith in gold. You don't buy gold stocks unless you're bullish on gold. It means you want an investment that is leveraged to the price of gold. Think about this. If I buy shares of Coca Cola, I'm not literally buying bottles of Coke, right? But we say, Mike's buying Coke. I'm telling you that I have faith that the value of Coke is about to go up, and people are going to be buying a lot of it. That's in effect what Buffett's purchase of Barrett Gold is telling us about gold. He's buying into a mining company, and that means he's buying into the gold reserves it has buried in the ground. He knows people are going to need gold. He knows they're going to be buying gold. He knows people need to protect their purchasing power from the ravages of inflation. Now, typically, Buffett has said that if you're concerned about inflation, just invest in businesses, buy equities. Peter talked about this on his podcast the other day. Warren Buffett has never advocated that anybody buy gold stocks, but I think Buffett sees the writing on the wall, right? He knows that the Fed is creating massive amounts of inflation, so he's decided to hedge the old-fashioned way. He's buying gold via his purchase of a gold mining company. It's also interesting to note that Buffett significantly reduced his holding in financials and in banks. He did increase his stake in Bank of America, but he sold off a lot of other bank stocks. Peter said Buffett is basically doing what he did a long time ago. Get out of banks and buy gold stocks. Think about this for a minute. If you want to generate income with your dollars, you have to invest them, right? If you stick dollars under your mattress, they aren't going to generate any income. They're actually going to lose value because inflation will eat them away, even under normal inflationary times. So you have to invest. So you buy stocks, you buy bonds, maybe you get into real estate. But what if assets become so overvalued that you don't really want to buy them? I mean, you saw what happened to investors who got into the overvalued real estate market, say, in 2006, right? They lost their shirts. So you don't want to buy into bubbles. And right now, everything is a bubble. The Fed is pumping up asset bubbles all over the place. The stock market, I think, is the prime example. You can't tell me that given the major contraction that we've seen in the economy over the last few months, that the stock market should be valued as high as it is. This is a funny money, Fed-induced bubble. So what do you do when assets are overpriced? What do you do with your dollars? Buffett is telling you, convert them into gold convert them into silver. If stocks and bonds and real estates are overpriced and you just want to hold dollars, well, you really want to hold gold or silver because it will protect you from the inflation dragon. As Peter put it, Buffett is saying that, quote, I believe assets are overpriced, but I don't want to be in dollars because I don't want to get wiped out by inflation. So while I'm waiting for better opportunities, I want to buy gold. I just mentioned the contraction in the economy. I want to hit on a few economic data points from this week before I wrap up the show. Jobless claims were back over 1 million last week. Now you'll recall the previous week, the weekly jobless claims fell under 1 million for the first time since the government lockdowns in March and everybody was all giddy, you know, as as if 900,000 people filing for unemployment in a single week was some kind of good news. Meanwhile, many companies are considering permanently laying off furloughed workers and taking other steps to make their cost-cutting measures permanent. You know, it was a little surprising that a lot of companies beat earning expectations in Q2. According to CNBC, the average company outperformed analyst estimates by 22%. That's significantly higher than the historic norm of a 3% beat. But top-line revenue only exceeded estimates by 1%. So how did companies beat earnings so big with no revenue? Companies boosted earnings by significantly slashing costs, and many analysts think think that these cost-cutting measures are going to become permanent and that does not bode well for long-term economic growth. For instance, companies have significantly cut travel. This reduction in travel is going to further cripple airlines and hotels and restaurants already reeling from the travel restrictions imposed during the pandemic. That means more layoffs, more staff reductions. For instance, Boeing recently announced it plans to offer further voluntary buyouts to its employees, extending its workforce cuts beyond the original 10% target it unveiled. Back in April. But I think what's even more significant than cost cutting and things like travel are the cuts to payroll. As the pandemic unfolded, many companies temporarily furloughed workers. Now, as the economic realities begin to sink in, companies are letting a lot of those workers go for good. Several executives interviewed by CNBC said they were moving forward with permanent layoffs. The head of a large transportation company said about half of its furloughed workers were now considered permanent headcount reductions. So, In effect, with all of this cost-cutting, we're witnessing a permanent contraction in the U.S. economy. We're talking fewer jobs, less spending, just an overall shrinkage of the economy. So that means that even if we deal with the coronavirus, even if we get this much-touted vaccine, the economy isn't going to simply spring back to what it was before. One final one I'll give you. You'll probably hear today that existing home sales improved last month. Uh, that number comes out today, and analysts are projecting it's going to be a pretty good month for existing home sales. People are buying houses. That's a function of ultra-low interest rates, another bubble. But on the other side of that equation, there's a boatload of foreclosures floating down the river. The overall delinquency rate for mortgages on 1-4 to four unit residential properties spiked by nearly 4% in the second quarter, reaching 8.22%. This is according to the Mortgage Bankers Association National Delinquency Survey. The jump in the delinquency rate was the biggest quarterly rise in the history of the survey. And get this little data point, the delinquency rate on government-backed FHA mortgages spiked by 596 basis points to 15.65%. That's also the highest rate since the MBA survey began back in 1979. The seriously delinquent rate, the percentage of loans that are 90 days or more past due or are in the process of foreclosure, was at 4.2%. 4.26%. That's the highest rate since Q4 2014. So, The impacts of the lockdowns are rearing their ugly heads. Poo flows downstream, right? Think about it. If a large number of these delinquent loans eventually go into default, it will have a significant trickle-down effect on the economy, putting more stress on banks and the financial sector. We saw the results of a mortgage meltdown in 2008. This is all why the drop in the price of gold today doesn't concern me at all. I've said it over and over again. It's about fundamentals. And I just can't wrap my head around how people out there can be optimistic that we're going to get a vaccine and everything is going to be fine and the Federal Reserve is going to normalize and things will just go back to you know, the greatest economy in the history of the world, which was a myth even before coronavirus. So I see these dips in the price as an opportunity. If you want to learn more about that, talk to a Shift Gold Precious metal specialist today. They can give you the lowdown on what's going on in the gold and silver markets and help you figure out how precious metals can work within your personal investment goals and in your portfolio. Just call 1-888-GOLD-160 or you can shoot them an email at info at well, that is a gold wrap for this week. You can get more details on all of these stories and more and keep up with the latest precious metals news and analysis throughout the week at shiftgold.com news. If you haven't done it already, you can subscribe to the Friday Gold Wrap podcast at iTunes, on Stitcher, on Google Play. It's on the Shift Gold YouTube channel. Uh, you'll find links to all of this stuff along with some notes from today's show on the show notes page. Thank you so much for listening to the show. I hope you guys have a great week and I will talk to you next time.